When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nugent Hopkins, left circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Natea Jay was up across the 40. He swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines. He goes, Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight inside the 10. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The thing that I find interesting is that impeach is a word about something really serious. Yet it's the most friendly sounding word in the dictionary. It's like, well, what color are those pants? Impeach? Such a pleasant-sounding word for something so serious. Anyway, just something that popped into my mind today. The Edmonton Oilers, two preseason games remaining. They will both be on the road at Winnipeg tomorrow at Calgary on Saturday. Tomorrow's contest on 6.30, Chad, with a face-off show at 4.30. The game will start at 6. Now, Oilers news today. Defenseman Joel Pearson, as you probably know, did not play the last two-thirds of the game last night against Arizona. And head coach Dave Tippett said Pearson will be out 7 to 10 days with a shoulder injury. So we'll see how that that progresses. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did not practice today. Bit of a sore leg after last night, according to Tippett. Not going to play tomorrow in Winnipeg, which Tippett said was part of the plan anyway. So they'll just be uh, be very cautious here with Nugent Hopkins and uh, and uh, give him a game off so he's feeling 100%. Connor McDavid didn't get a definite answer there from Tippett. Said possibly could play tomorrow possibly could play in Calgary on Saturday, possibly could play both games. They're going to talk to McDavid and uh, and see how he feels. Marcus Grandlin still not skating, trying to get over a bit of a groin issue. They are hoping that he plays on Saturday against Calgary to close out the preseason. By the way, in that game against the Flames, you will see Matthew Kachuk, who signed a new deal today with Calgary, three years, $21 million, and he will be in the lineup Saturday against the Oilers. So anyway, what, is, what does some of this mean for some of the other guys still in the Oilers. Now, remember last night they they did send goaltender Shane Starrett and defenseman Evan Bouchard down to Bakersfield, still in camp and still pushing for a spot. Well, a couple of names of interest: William Lagason, one guy. He's a left shot, right shot. Ethan Bear, could he pl- possibly plug in for Pearson at least in in the short term? Ethan Bear. 2015 draft pick of the Oilers, fifth round, 125th overall. We saw him for 18 games. At the end of the Oilers' 17-18 season, had a goal and four points. Last year with Bakersfield, some shoulder issues early, played 52 games, got 31 points. So he is still in camp. This is the latest he's ever been in camp, and he's hoping to make the most of the opportunity. I'm obviously happy to you know, still be here. And, um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not, not satisfied. I'm not getting comfortable. You know, still got a, a ways to go. Um, but uh, I'm just trying to take care of myself every day and you know, continue to improve and 
you know, help out the way the best I can. I skated up to him this morning. I said, knock, knock. Opportunity waits, right? So it's up to him. He'll get in there. He'll play the next two games. Hopefully he plays well. I think his game is good. I, I, he's one of the guys, I've talked to some people, he's one of the guys that has surprised me coming into camp. He's in great shape. He's uh, The little details of the game he's really trying to dig into and be be strong at. And He skates well. He moves the puck well. So it's a good opportunity. He's played well in the games he's played, other than there was that one game where nobody... There wasn't much going on with the with the group, but uh, the other games he's played well, so he'll get an opportunity tomorrow night. I'm playing my game. Um, you know, I'm confident. I'm moving the puck well, and um, honestly, just trying to take care of myself. I know how to play, um, but uh, yeah, it's basically it's take care of myself away from the rink, and you know, when I'm here, making sure I'm I'm focused and I'm, I'm not I'm ready to go. Bear has gone to that several times, even going back to talking to him at the Perry Pern 3-on-3 camp in late August about his off-season conditioning, about a greater commitment to staying in shape. He has uh, said that that was really lacking earlier in his career in past summers. He, he Tippett mentioned he came in great shape. He certainly looks like uh, he's sleeker to me seeing him and uh, the way he's moving on the ice. So He's going to get a shot. I mean, the Oilers' defense here, I mean, now we got to... I mean, first of all, Pearson himself was a question mark because he's never played in the NHL before. A bit of an older player in his mid-20s. Uh, well, Bear's now up to 22, but Pearson a little bit more pro experience and definitely pretty good with the puck on his stick. Too bad we didn't get to see him in the full game last night. But he would have been a question mark up there with Pearson anyway. Nurse and Larson together, really bad giveaway by Larson last night to lead to a goal. I don't think that's a mistake he's likely to make again. And then Russell and Benning are the third pair. So now you got Lagus and Manning and Bear. So now instead of one of those players competing to be the number seven at the start of the season, you're probably going to have to use one of them, at least likely for the first couple games of the year. The Oilers open a week tonight against Vancouver. A week from Saturday, they play Los Angeles. So there's your seven to ten days that Pearson is uh, is likely going to be out. Brandon Manning is is still around, and uh, I, I said earlier in training camp, is Brandon Manning trying to make the team as a healthy scratch because Ken Holland and Dave Tippett want the younger players to be playing a lot of games in the minors. So do you keep up the older Manning, who isn't going to have a long term future with the Oilers, just to sort of occupy that seventh spot and be scratched most nights and maybe get into some games? Maybe they're going to have to wind up using him. Lagason, they they obviously like him. He had a good season last year in Bakersfield as well. So question marks on the Oilers' defense, but hey, they're going to have to have young players, and they're going to have to have players who haven't contributed in the NHL before step in and do it if if they're going to be a decent team this season. So good things being said about Bear. Uh, he'll get. Like Tippett said, he will get in both of the remaining preseason games and a chance to prove himself. It's 6-12. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, I'm always happy to hear from you. You can text uh, you can text 630-630. Our phone number, 780-496-0063. James says, unfortunate injury to Joel Pearson, but it means Bear will be on the 23-man roster on October 2nd. And uh, this texture says, Hi, Rita. Tomorrow I would like to see Clefbaum with Matt Benning. Benning was often at his best when he played with Andre Sekera, and uh, you could put Bear with Chris Russell. Well, we'll see how those uh, pairings shake down tomorrow night. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see Laguson, Manning, and Bear all in the lineup to give them another look and uh, see how they fare against the Winnipeg Jets, which will probably have if not their NHL lineup, pretty close to their NHL lineup with a 
game at home late in the preseason, just kind of like what the Oilers did last night against Arizona. By the way, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. That is R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. If you were on there earlier today, you will saw that I uh, tweeted out a picture of Joachim Nygaard. Nygaard expected to be back in the lineup tomorrow. Playing in the game Friday against the Calgary Flames, he took a skate to the face and got 10 stitches on his left cheek as a result. I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, wasn't that sore the day after, so has, has healed pretty good, so I'm doing just fine. What do you remember about the play? remember I, I pushed him a bit at the back and he fell forward and the leg just coming up and I was like in 90 degrees so uh, yeah it went pretty fast. You know well, the one thing Nygaard showed he's got better reach game he's played and uh, I think he's adjusting to the size of the, the ice. The last game he played uh, with Dreisaitl, he actually played real well, had some good scoring chances. I think they might have credited that goal to him after, but he had three or four good scoring chances. But he brings some tempo speed to the game that, uh, um, you know, you look at the game last night, there was times when I thought we played too slow, so hopefully he brings that, some of that pace to our game. You're here for fight for a job. I mean, uh, I want to make the team, and I'm... I mean, I can just do my best, like, uh, game here tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to, like, do the things I can. You're very fast. Uh, sometimes the fast guys stay on the outside, and it's not so good. So you need to take the speed to the scoring area. Yeah, I do. You have to choose the, choose the times, though. Uh, I mean, you can get, can get hit pretty bad here, too, so you have to keep your head up if you're going to the middle. And... I mean, in Sweden, I'm I'm pretty used to going to the middle, dangles a bit, and I mean, if you do it here, it can get hit pretty bad. But I mean, I have to have to use my speed on, on the right places. I mean, uh, if I can go on the outside, I go on the outside and maybe get some passes or something like that. So I can I can use my speed both on the inside and on the outside. All right, a little bit there from Joachim Nygaard, and I, I wonder if he gets uh, a look on a higher line tomorrow. With Now, McDavid, we don't know if he's going to play. Nugent Hopkins will not play tomorrow. Dreisaitl's going to play center. Do you maybe put Yurko up uh, with one of the more skilled centers? Do you give Nygaard a look there? Nothing against Sam Gagne, but I find Nygaard really intriguing as a possibility for Nugent Hopkins and Neal because he is fast. And because maybe he can back off the defense, get the pucks on the forecheck, make a little space for Nugent Hopkins and Neal. I mean, there's no doubt Gagne has uh, has the hockey sense to to play there, but he's he's not as quick as Nygaard. Nygaard's challenge is like Speck asked him in that question: will be getting the, the the inside, creating chances from the inside. I mean, we're going to be going back to the Toby Reader example for a long time. He was fast, but he would carry the puck up the wing and drive behind the net and hang on to it. And not only would he not get himself into a scoring area, he wouldn't do a good enough job putting the puck into a scoring area. Nygaard's intriguing, again, because of that because of that speed, and I, I think he's going to be around on the roster for opening day. But uh, he is doing fine after taking that cut to the face. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. Now, uh, Kellen, uh, Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer. Kellen, as you know, hey. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of of trade proposals, right? Which I know is disappointing to some listeners, but I just feel that's kind of a 
black hole you can get sucked into, and you're talking about a bunch of things that'll that'll likely never happen. Yeah. And and as we know, if you if if Oilers fans text or call the show with a trade proposal, it's often one that would benefit the Oilers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if we went to Winnipeg, we'd hear ones that would benefit the Jets and Montreal, on and on. So, but but this is this is an interesting one, just as just as a what if from this individual. Uh, this texture says, Reed, if the Winnipeg Jets offered you line A, but would want Nurse, Bear, and Pulley back in return, what would you do? Not often does a 40-goal guy get traded. Okay, well, if the Oilers, first of all, Pulley to me is, is like barely even giving anything up because he said he's not going to play for the Oilers. Now, I realize you're trying to get the most possible form, and, and Ken Holland has said he's not going to give him away. I think he wants some sort of a roster player if it's a straight-across trade. Um, would you trade Ethan Bear in a package for a big-name player? You probably would because you have Bouchard and you have some other defensemen that you hope are going to work out if you're getting someone like Line A back. So then you're looking at it, would you trade, would you trade Line A for Nurse? Well, you probably would, because the way Line A can shoot the puck and the opportunity to round out your top six forward lines. It, it, would it create a hole on defense? Sure, it would, but that's a young, explosive player. Granted, coming off a tough year, I mean, last year he had one good month, really good month, and then didn't do much the rest of the season. Uh, that's an intriguing one. This texture says, Any idea why the Oilers' preseason games are never on TV? We got a lot of calls about that last night, too. And did you tell people to call the TV station? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, each individual team has a broadcast agreement with its regional provider. It's uh, my understanding that the Oilers and Sportsnet, it is not part of their broadcast agreement that preseason games are carried by Sportsnet. The Canucks mm-hmm. games were telecast because the Canucks broadcast all their preseason games. Oilers games are not broadcast by Sportsnet, so that's why you can't get all of them. But you can always listen to them on 630 Chat. By the way, if you own a computer or anything attached to the internet, the Oilers do stream video of all the games online. And I think a lot of people watch them that way. And you get Jack and Bob's play-by-play. We're coming up to 620. You can keep texting 630-630. Inside Sports on 630 This is Don Unum of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So we'll have a doubleheader on Saturday. The Eskimos countdown to kickoff will be at 1230. Their game in Ottawa will start at 2. They'll do the points after show until 6. We'll have the face-off show at 6. We'll have the Oilers and the Flames at 7. That's going to be a fun day here on 630 Chad. Blue Jays leading Baltimore 2-0 in the top of the 5th. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. This text comes in from John. Hey, Reed, would you trade a bunch of the Oilers' unwanted spare parts and worthless assets for a superstar player on a great contract? Signed, every Oilers fan ever. That's a good one from John. That's pretty good. Thank you, John. Another texture says, is Kelly Rudy back this season? Yes, starting next week. Kelly Rudy will be back with tales of 
his restaurant experiences around Canada, the United States, and probably a little bit of hockey talk. We tend to always talk food with Kelly. Uh, I mentioned you can stream Oilers preseason games through, well, I guess they put it up, they put it everywhere, don't they? It's like on their website, it's on their YouTube channel. It's on their Facebook page too, I think, Kellen, I believe it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this texter says the computer picture is terrible. Eh, for some games just, it has Just been. want to say this back to this person. In all sincerity, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Because I, I just want to cover off all possibilities, right? Are you sure it's not your computer that's terrible? Like if you're trying to stream it on a VIC-20, it's probably going to have a terrible picture. Yeah, they that's don't stream to the Commodore 64, That's all I'm saying, yes. Just want to make sure you have a relatively modern computer because it'll probably help. That That's all I'm going to say to that person. Don't mean to upset you. Just rule out your computer first. Hey, another guy up front we want to mention, Anton Berdasov. Saw him play last week. Looked okay against Calgary. What's his shot here for uh, being a part of the Oilers organization? Here's Dave Tippett. So you look at a player like that, and it's where he fits on the lineup. He's, he's obviously, he's got to be a power play guy. He's not a penalty kill guy. So you look at, you know, how many power play, how many penalty kill guys, how much skill you have. He's a player that, like when we talk about getting up to speed on the structure of how we play, is, is a big factor for him. He's, uh, I've got to say, he's been a pleasant surprise. Like, he's a smart guy. He's trying to pick up on things. He's, uh, in practices, he's worked very hard, which is good. And um, so we'll see. He'll, he'll, there's a good chance he'll play the next two games and we'll just see where he gets to but big strong guy when he gets a chance to shoot he, he rips it you know and he's got some skill like you watch him along the boards and that he's got some skill there so we'll see where it goes the next two games all right and again the headlines for the Oilers today if you missed them Joel Pearson out seven to ten days with a shoulder issue Nugent Hopkins sore leg didn't practice today not going to play tomorrow in Winnipeg more from Dave Tippett as we roll along Eskimos receiver Greg Ellingson man great catch in that loss to Hamilton on the weekend he'll tell you how that went and he's going back to face his old team in Ottawa he's coming up the next half hour For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Here's what's going on in the NHL preseason this evening. The Sabres lead the Blue Jackets 2-1 after 2. In the second period, Boston up 1-0 on New Jersey. Toronto leading Montreal 2-zip. Penguins 2 Detroit won in the first period. No score. Hurricanes and Predators. Later, Capitals, Blackhawks, Vegas against Colorado. Kings take on the Ducks. Ottawa plays Vancouver. Oilers, Jets tomorrow here on 6.30, Ched. Face-off show at 4.30. The game will start at 6. Had a couple of people asking about the uh, Oilers games not being on, I guess we have to call it conventional television right now. You can stream it. Uh, Paul says, Reed, my computer is three years old. My feed of the game last night on the Oilers' website was fine. Another texter says, the web stream was choppy, but the Twitter stream was excellent. I didn't even realize that, that they show them on Twitter, too. That's amazing. And uh, this texter says, the computer stream into the brew house last night was so bad, I abandoned my pint and went home before the end of the first period. 
Now, that text makes me extremely sad. Not because he or she wasn't able to watch the game, but because they had to abandon their pint. Like that, that must have been really bad video that you couldn't even finish your pint and you had to go home. That really makes me sad, Kellen. Well, maybe the pint was awful too and deserved to be abandoned. I guess if it was bad beer, bad web stream, then I guess you have to get out of there. Is there such bad a bad web stream, drinkable beer? I would have finished the beer. Is there such a thing as bad beer? Oh yes, definitely there is. Ah, okay. <laughs> there definitely is. I, I have not, I have not encountered this bad beer that you speak of yet, so I'm pretty lucky. Well, you, you will, Kellen. You keep trying stuff. That's what I'm told. Yeah. All right, you can text 630-630. Our open line is 780-496-0063. We'll get to Eskimos receiver Greg Ellingson in a minute or two here. Also, news out of Calgary today, restricted free agent Matthew Kachuk, who had been sitting out training camp signing a new deal. Three years, $21 million. My Instagram, my Twitter took a, took a hit the past couple of weeks, but um, I'm happy that they're so passionate and they wanted me back um, really bad. And, and, you know, I would have liked to be here a little bit earlier, but... I'm here, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Calgary Flame. Matthew Kachuk will play against the Oilers in the preseason finale on Saturday. No Nugent Hopkins tomorrow for the Oilers. Bit of a sore leg. Don't know McDavid's schedule. Dave Tippett just said, you know, possible for tomorrow, possible for Saturday. We'll see Joel Pearson on defense out 7 to 10 games. Uh, pardon me, 7 to 10 days with uh, that shoulder issue. Ethan Bear with a chance to jump up. We were talking about him in the first half hour of the show, and you can get more on 630Ched.com. The Edmonton Eskimos getting set to travel. They're actually going to stay out east. They play in Ottawa on Saturday in Hamilton next Friday. Pleased to welcome back to the show Eskimos receiver Greg Ellingson. Greg, how are you doing? I'm good. How are things there? Things are pretty good. It's great to have you on the show again, getting ready for a game here in Ottawa on Saturday. I want to ask you first, though, a little bit about last night. You got to participate in the Eskimos dinner for the first time. How was the evening? Oh, it was amazing. Um, it was kind of cool to be a, a part of something that's been so historic for a team uh, you know, like the Eskimos. And uh, it was pretty awesome to watch uh, Ricky Ray you know, give his uh, speech and uh, you know, thank everybody in the city and and, and the fans and, and the players that he's ever played with uh, for going up down on the uh, you know the the wall of honor they have here. What well, what's it like for you interacting with uh, with fans, getting up close and personal? I mean, I know you've done fan day and, and you sign autographs, but you you got to see some people in in a pretty neat environment. They probably want to talk some football and talk about the team and stuff. But what what was it like for you just to interact with that many fans? Oh, it was awesome. Um, you know, my table is uh, a lot of the uh, global network uh, people, so it's nice to be able to not only see the people that you know I see regularly with the media uh, here in Edmonton with Global, but also some of the people behind the scenes that you know, or maybe with uh, marketing or sales or the director that you know kind of you know gives them the direction they need to go with things. So it was nice to meet those people, and yeah, definitely the fans, and uh, you know, to be with the team. You know, we always have fun when we're together. So it's always nice to be around all the guys and, uh, you know, outside of just the football field. And, you know, we'll have a whole uh, week to do that out, out east in uh, Ottawa and in Hamilton. So, you know, that always brings the guys together a little bit and makes you, uh, you know, get to know them a little better and, you know, makes you want to play a little bit harder for them. All right. Well, you're going back to Ottawa on Saturday. You were a star player there for several years. Have you thought about what it's going to be like returning to Ottawa, playing in that stadium as, as a visitor? Any of that kind of stuff enter your mind? 
No, not really. I'm, I don't really, you know, thought about, you know, what, what's going to happen when I walk on the field. Um, you know, in my head, it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the edit to Eskimo now and uh, playing for this team, and I'm trying to get back in the win column over here and uh, help as much as I can, uh, just doing my job, you know, being accountable and uh, making sure I execute properly to give the team a chance to win. Uh, it doesn't really matter if it's in Ottawa or if it's in um, you know, Montreal or Hamilton or, or Sask or, you know, any away games. It doesn't really matter. It's just, uh, you know, it's the team with the same colors uh, on your side that you're battling the team on the other side of the field and, you know, the team in the opposite uniform. So I haven't really thought too much about it. But, um, you know, it'd be, I guess it would be nice to see the familiar faces of the guys I used to play with. But other than that, you know, when it's uh, between the whistles and before the clock ticks down, you know, it's all about uh, Edmonton football. Well, I'm glad to give you some practice answering that question because you know you're going to get it from the Ottawa media on Friday, right? So <laughs> you're going yeah, to yeah. get that. What's it going to be like being on the other bench? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What, I will ask you this. What is your favorite memory of, uh, of being a Red Black? I mean, you made some huge catches, huge plays. You played in some big games. Is there a moment that stands out for you? Oh, I mean, there's there's so many um, on and off the field. Uh <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess I'll bring it to be a little nostalgic just uh, being on that field again. But, uh, you know, the the first, uh, you know, semifinal that, or the final that brought us to the Grey Cup, you know, that was a very memorable moment for me. And, uh, you know, in Toronto when we when we won the Grey Cup, that was uh, definitely amazing too. And having that parade there at Lansdowne and going down uh, down uh, Bank Street and, you know, being a part of that was, you know, amazing too. But, uh you know, it's a lot of good things, but that's also the past. And the president is now here in Edmonton, and I'm trying to, you know, recreate those memories with a different team. And, you know, some of the same guys I have those memories with in uh, Ottawa are here also. And a lot of guys I've played with uh, on different teams are here in Edmonton. But uh, it's kind of just how the CFL and how the football world and being an athlete works is uh, you can't really always dictate where you're going to go. But, um, you know, as long as you're still playing and you're having fun doing it, that's what really matters. Um so yeah, you know, like I'm saying, it's just uh, part part of the now. Who's uh, being here in Edmonton, trying to, you know, create uh, some momentum going to playoffs, so that you can create those memories again. Greg Ellingson from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports. Obviously, one of the storylines for your team over the last couple of weeks has been the injury to Trevor Harris. Logan Kilgore played the last game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats as a receiver. Are, are there things you do to to help a quarterback when he's when he's making his first start of the year, or, or things you got to do to kind of get in tune with him? Tell me a little bit about building that relationship uh, with Logan. You know, I think um, I'm not sure what they might say about that, but I think uh, personally, for me, or what other people might say, is just just be consistent. And uh, I think if I just do what I'm supposed to do correctly and, and don't change anything that I'm doing, I think that's going to help him a lot and uh, help any quarterback that might, you know, have to go behind the center is if everything that he's used to seeing on game film, everything he's used to seeing in practice that when he's taking his practice reps with the other quarterback and uh, seeing how he performs, I think if we keep it the same and keep doing what we're doing, all he has to do is um, try to execute the best he can uh, the way, you know, Trevor was and read the coverages the right way and, I think also if he just knows that you know we have his back, uh, you know, we make sure you know that when when a guy steps up and is uh, filling that role when someone goes down, is you know you always let them know that you got their back and you know uh, you're, you're going to ride with them no matter what. Greg, obviously the team has lost four in a row. Uh, you know, a couple games against Calgary that that, that kind of got away from you. A, a really close game, obviously with Hamilton, where you guys made a big comeback. 
just tell me what kind of you see as I don't know if problem is the right word, but it is it is four losses in a row. Is there a common theme, a, a common issue you guys need to correct? To ha- have they all transpired a little differently in your mind? I'm just hoping you can kind of address the the four game losing streak here. <laughs> I think if I had the answer to that, I would uh, be a very wealthy man. But um, I think that's just something that kind of happens, and uh, you know. Obviously, it's not a great thing to lose four games or, you know, any games for that matter. But, uh, you know, down the stretch, you got five games left. You can't really look at the past and get to make the most of what's in front of you. Um, I, I can't say, though, that teams in the past that I've been on that have made, you know, uh, runs towards the end of the year into the playoffs and been successful in, you know, the playoffs and you know, had a chance at the Grey Cup is uh, we kind of went through the same adversity, um, all those teams. Uh, and it kind of teaches you a lesson, you know, kind of, shows you that you can uh you know really let down you can't really uh, fall back like justin hamilton you know let them jump out ahead of us if you know if we played football like we did after that moment uh for the whole game we'd be a dangerous team and uh you know another thing is just uh hitting all three phases right we have to do it on offense defense and special teams and um especially when it comes down to the last stretches you really have to execute in all of those ways all those facets and uh make sure you're playing your best football so I'm hoping that was a learning lesson. I hope uh, that little stretch there was just a wall that uh, we can wake up from and uh, really put our best foot forward going through the last five games and uh, you know really play hard and uh, come up with some wins and put ourselves in a good position for the playoffs. And, Greg, I'll, I'll wrap up with a question about the highlight reel catch you made against the Tiger Cats for a touchdown. Watching that, I thought, oh, we didn't. Oh, we got it. It was, it was one of those types of moments. Uh, obviously, it happened pretty fast. Uh, tell me a little bit about that play and being able to hang on to that ball. Um, actually, it's funny because the came up to me after, and he was like, man, it's always Hamilton, huh? Like, you always uh, seem to make that kind of play against them. But uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, a combination of things. I think uh, that, you know, that ball where you just kind of throw it deep is uh, when you can kind of see the ball and the defender at the same time and, and kind of see how to attack it, it, it helps. And, uh, you know, also at halftime, you know, Coach Moss is just, you know, kind of put it out there that we just got to make plays and, uh I think that's one one thing too is you don't want to let the guys down around you and you see a ball you know flying up or you see a ball coming your way you just want to execute the best you can so you can uh, put your team in a good position and they're just one of those uh, mindsets that you know that ball's going to be mine uh, it doesn't really matter where it's going to be um, just going to make, make the play on it so just kind of cut in front of him at the last second and uh, you know beat him to the punch and then you know he kind of got his arm in there and uh, kind of you know. Uh, competed with with me for it, and then uh, as it kind of just floated there, just grabbed it with my left hand, and you know pinned it on my chest, and that was kind of the, the end of that play. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully more big catches for you to come between now and the end of the season. Always great to have you on the show, Greg. Really appreciate your time, and uh, enjoy the road trip coming up here against Ottawa and Hamilton. All the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is Greg Ellingson from your Edmonton Eskimos. Four losses in a row. He kind of chuckled when I asked him about it. He said, if I knew it was wrong, I'd just go out there and fix it. Um, you know, the the last loss for the Eskimos, as poorly as they played for about a quarter and a half, I just overall I find it less concerning than the two losses to Calgary and the previous one to Winnipeg. I mean, at least, here here's the thing. Against Calgary, on, on especially on Labor Day, they weren't that far behind most of the day, but they just couldn't do anything to get back in the game. Give them credit against Hamilton with their backup quarterback. They fell way behind. They tied the game, fell behind again, tied it again, and just didn't have the ball at the end, and Hamilton Banks went in off the upright. You know, you go back and forth. You're able to punch back. 
hey, I'm not saying losing is great, but that type of loss to me is a little easier to digest than the ones we saw against the Stampeders where they're kind of there, they're kind of there, and the, the game's there to maybe grab or be in, and it just slowly slips, slips away and you, you wind up losing by two or three touchdowns. Ottawa is not very good. The Eskimos should win this game. They, they should be the favorites going into the game. They've only scored, what, 12 points in their last two games, backup quarterback or not, and I, and I don't think Trevor Harris is going to play on the weekend. The Eskimos should win this game. By the way, Kellen, I don't know if you knew this. Dave Campbell pointed me out uh, this out to me today. Mm-hmm. You know that site I reference sometimes, sportsclubstats.com? Right. That does all the playoff percentages? Oh, yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's it's fun. Obviously, it's, it's probabilities, and they change every day. They do that for CFL. Cool. Yeah, they do that for CFL. And uh, the Eskimos have something like a 97% chance of making the playoffs. Right on. Because here's the thing. The Eskimos, to finish ahead of BC, I think their magic number to eliminate BC is two. That's any combination of Eskimos wins or BC losses. And uh, their magic number to finish ahead of Ottawa and at least get a crossover is is three. So they, they should be in the postseason. It's just a matter of how they play here down the stretch. It is 6.47. Hugh O'Neill will be back in action after missing the last six games. You'll hear from him inside Sports on Chet. This is Armando Sewell of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Some people writing into the text line 630-630 that they had a lot of success streaming Oilers preseason games through Reddit. I didn't even know you could could do that. Cody says, if you're trying to stream NHL games, use Reddit live streams. There are multiple links to try. And most of them work spot on. So there's some more advice if you want to pick up the video of the Oilers and Jets games tomorrow. So, uh, I mean, I read a couple texts, people complaining about the stream, and then other people said it was fine. Other people said it was bad or saying what they use. But you can use Facebook, Twitter, I guess, Reddit. When Rob and I watch the Oilers road games in the preseason, we've gone through the Oilers YouTube channel. And the la- there was there was one year we hardly saw the game. It was so glitchy, and it was behind, and we finally just shut it off and <laughs> did the best we could, having not seen the game. But we've had pretty good success, and we actually hooked the laptop up to the TV in here so we get it on a larger mo- monitor. That's something we do as well. But thanks for that, helping other fans. So I guess Reddit has live streams if you're looking for NHL preseason action. Good to know. Thanks to Cody and others for uh, writing in. And uh, the playoff scenarios, Kellen, we were just checking this. Uh, on the CFL website, an Edmonton win and a BC loss, BC would be eliminated from postseason contention. Right. So the Eskimo, if the Eskimos win on the weekend and BC loses, the Eskimos cannot finish lower than fourth in the West. So then they'd have to try and nail down, well, you know, guarantee themselves finishing ahead of Ottawa and Toronto, and then they're in at least as a crossover team. Uh, if Edmonton won and BC lost, BC could still tie the Eskimos in the standings, but the Eskimos already have the season series. They won right. the first two matchups. They have another one coming up on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Okay. All right. 780-496-0063. Punter Hugh O'Neill will return off the six-game injured list for the Eskimos this weekend. He talked to Dave. Well, welcome back. Uh, I know you've been back. You were back last week kicking. Uh, looks like you know, you're going to be in. Uh, tell me about working your way back through that injury. Yeah, no, it's uh, 
Thankfully, like, it was a pretty steady progression. Um, I've been through an injury before, um, so it was nothing kind of new in the sense, and I kind of felt like I knew a little more how to deal with it better. And, um, and thankfully, it was an injury that I could get back kicking within the first three weeks, or just lightly at least, and uh, that kind of kept me mentally kind of sharp. I felt like just kind of getting back on the field is the biggest thing. If the injury keeps you away from kicking footballs, that's always tough, but this one I was able to sort of get back into that pretty quick, so it's good. Now, you hurt yourself in Calgary all the way back in that August, third game not labor day august 3rd yeah. and was it on the 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 return that was called back is that when you heard you tried to make a tackle on terry williams yeah yeah no i was diving to make a tackle on that play um and just landed on my knee funny and uh ended up doing something to my knee um and then yeah i was able to i was able to plant okay on it it wasn't mm-hmm. great but uh running was was a no-go after yeah. that it was just sort of hobbling on and off the field and hoping nothing uh, nothing opened up the way it did and sure enough it kind of got caught in the bad spot there but that's the way it goes i know some people are saying oh you o'neill whiffed on the tackle <laughs> people need ice <laughs> yeah not quite the case you look at my body of work that's usually not the way it nope. kind of goes down so um uh, but you know people see what they need to see and it's done all everything that's going on but that's okay um yeah you know, that's outside the locker room so i mean heck you're an old you're an old linebacker right <laughs> yeah yeah that hard. that's you know maybe that aggression's maybe not quite there as it used to be more no more just to make the tackles when I have to sort of thing but uh, yeah no it's definitely something I uh, proud of myself on just sort of being able to be in the play when I need to be yeah so you've performed all three kicking duties before in your career Sean White pressed in the service how would you evaluate his performance in kickoffs and punting? Yeah, he did a great job. That team uh, as a unit, like um, both those teams, um, didn't really miss too much of a step. They, uh, you know, stayed pretty solid uh, throughout my absence. That was good to see. Um, yeah, it really held down for me and kind of held the spot for me to come back. It's a tough spot, especially for someone who, you know, you don't do it as much. Obviously, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're a tandem and then to be thrust in there, that's tough. Yeah, no, for sure. But he's Sean's been uh, kicking punts all year, too, just on the side sort of thing. And just like me, I get my field goals in every little bit, like once a week for sure, just to kind of keep ready. And, you know, we've both done it many, 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 many years between the two of us. It's just a matter of, you know, getting that, getting game ready again. And he was able to pick that up really quick. He always admires your punting ability. Do you admire his field goal kicking ability? 16 straight! Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just look at him and it's like, yeah, he's the right guy for that job. And I feel like I'm the right guy for the job we do. So we're a great kind of, I feel like the perfect duo together. Yeah. So this two-game road trip coming up, I know the first game is the one in focus in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I know Jason Moss has said, it's, we know it's four in a row, but we focus on one in a row. How much does that help to narrow the focus and really narrow the focus on your your next opponent yeah absolutely always like the season's this long you can't get caught looking too far ahead you just got to focus on one week at a time one day at a time one rep at a time really is the way i kind of look at it some i'm day one day two day three and then start starting to prepare for the opponent kind of seeing what's up there but yeah you really just got to take it one step at a time or else you get caught up thinking about the wrong things i find Hugh O'Neill ready to return, punting the ball for the Edmonton Eskimos in Ottawa on Saturday. 12.30 countdown to kick off here on Ched game at 2. You'll hear a little bit more from Dave Tippett in the next hour of the show. We'll preview the men's 3x3 FIBA event at the Ice Palace at West Edmonton Mall with one of the all-time Edmonton greats in the sport, Jordan Baker. He's going to check in as well. James texting in. He says, Reed, for those people having trouble streaming Oilers games, just tune to 6.30 Ched and use your imagination. Oh, James, you're such a sweet man. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.